to the Rochester Groovecast. Glad to have you listening with me. In this episode, I speak with Bill Johnson. He's the frontman for the delightful Kung Fu Grip, Rochester's premier sublime tribute band. In this episode, Bill will tell us some of his story. You know, he dropped his corporate job to dedicate his efforts to creating a career as a musician while simultaneously caring for his two beautiful children. So please check out the show notes 
get in touch with Kung Fu Grip, Kung Fu Grip, and Bill Johnson's acoustic solo work. And also in the show notes, you'll find more information on how to support Groovecast. I'm currently seeking donations for my Patreon account. Even just a dollar, two, three, four, five dollars per month makes a huge difference as it helps me keep this podcast easily accessible and free. So even the consideration is deeply appreciated. I hope I can earn your donation. So hey, Grooveaholics, enjoy the show. Wait, wait, one last comment. A disclaimer. This um this was recorded. This episode was recorded in Bill Johnson's Man Cave. You will have some dog sounds in the background, maybe some voices, also some crying baby sounds. I assure you no animals or children were harmed during the recording of this podcast. Rather, this is the typical atmosphere in a humble home. So, all right, let's go. I am in Bill Johnson's jam space. Yeah, jam cave, buddy. The jam cave. And so, Bill Johnson, you're you're the the front man in Kung Fu Grip. That's what they call me. And you're also doing some solo work too. I, yeah, I do solo acoustic stuff. Um, I uh, I just recently, about a month ago, left the corporate world after about twenty years, and you know, I'm I'm good at that stuff. But what did you do? Um, I was doing. Uh, they called it customer service at my last job. That's what I was supposed to be hired for, but it was really not customer service whatsoever. It was just a, pretty much I was had to be involved in facilitating and like everything to keep anything that needed to be getting out the door and produce done. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, none of the departments worked together. It was just mass confusion, and so I. Not great I was like, communication. This, this kind of last straw, and you know, my wife and I had been talking about it for a while for you know me to give it a try to just. I I have a history of all sorts of kind of music, you know, doing mm-hmm. stuff in bands, doing stuff solo, original covers, tribute, um, DJing, DJing karaoke, you know, managing mm-hmm. and running bars. Like so, I, I actually was a. Um, the router for Southern Wine and Spirits, too, for a while. So I took all the liquor deliveries, you know, every day and planned them out around New York State. So I've been heavily involved in that whole aspect of the entertainment and bar business and club business. And, uh, you know, after doing that, this music thing for, like, you know, probably at least 13, 14 years now, wow. I, I decided that, you know, with my professional background, I mean, I've been a purchasing manager. I've been doing sales, everything in between. Uh, so, you know, I have a very good business sense um, and mm-hmm. an understanding on what needs to be done to keep things running fluently. So I decided that I'm just going to, you know, run this like a business. You know, I have all these different things under my umbrella that I'm trying to get up and going. Like I'm going to start DJing uh, rock nights at Thirsty Frog Friday nights in March. So There's, you know, what, What's just, Thirsty Frog? Thirsty Frog is a... Uh, a Bar and grill up on East Ridge Road in uh, Rondecoit over near the Shalers. Okay. Over there near Hudson, kind of. But, uh, you know, I've played there a bunch of times before mm-hmm. with my old band, and, you know, the owner's a cool dude. And I reached out to him and told him, I said, Look, man, I'm doing this full time now, so here's all the stuff that I offer. You know, let me know mm-hmm. if you're interested in, in any of it. So he got a hold of me the other day and said, Let's uh, let's do some DJing. Let's start out with that. I want to turn cool. things around on Friday night. It's going to be a rock night. So I'm just going to go in there and I'll play all sorts of really cool stuff because I've just built up my music library so much over the years. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I guess uh, getting back to it, like I'm 
I'm trying to, you know, throw all of these hats in the ring for the things that mm-hmm. I have experience in and that I feel like I'm really pretty good at and, um, you know, I take pride in. So it's just this is the, the sucky part of everything is like, you know, you establish yourself, you know, I've established myself pretty well in the, in the Rochester music scene in certain facets. Sure. But there's like just everything is a different beast. You know, the cover band scene is a, a different beast than the tribute band scene, which is they're both a totally different beast than the original band scene, you know. Absolutely. In Rochester. And then I didn't really expect that it was gonna be so so much separated as it kind of is, but I thought mm-hmm. the acoustic, you know, solo acoustic thing will kind of mesh somewhere in between some of those other things, you know. But it's kind of its own thing as well, you know. So I've sold myself in all these other facets in various places around Rochester and out in Syracuse. And then, but the solo acoustic thing, like I used to do it a lot in Syracuse. But since I moved here, I kind of got into the band thing and I just kind of put it to the wayside for a while. And now I'm ready to go back and be doing it again. And I have to resell myself and Mm kind of grovel and go to places. And they're like, oh, I don't know who you are. And it's like, oh. So it's it's humbling, you know, it's a lot of work, but you know, I I knew it was going to be that way. I knew it was probably going to take, you know, a month or two because people aren't booking next week, you know, they're booking out a month or two or True. three or four, some places book the whole year, you know, in advance. Yeah. So, you know, right now I'm just, you know, getting face to face with a lot of the club and bar owners and, you know, working with the people that I have a history with and, you know, you working with you, uh, you know, to try and get something going at Temple. It's pretty mm-hmm. exciting, you know. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm really excited to be working with Temple. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool place. I, uh, I've hung out there a bunch of times. Like, I used to bounce back and forth between Flower City Station and Temple, you know, they're within mm-hmm. walking distance of each other. So uh, I always bounce around between the two. Yeah. Did some karaoke My favorite Temple places, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Had a fun time. Yeah, it was fun. So it, I mean, it sounds like... Even in the corporate world, you gained, you know, skill sets oh, yeah, that yeah. that really makes you ready for it. Right. What was there? Was there a specific reason that you, you know, cut your corporate life to go? Had you been thinking about it for a while, or was there a moment where uh, you made this decision? I'd been thinking about it for a while, but honestly, I was going to leave my last job because I had just had enough of it. And so I was starting the process of interviewing at other mm-hmm. places. And, you know, I didn't really get too far in the process when my wife said, you know, I think now is the time to, to try this. I think that, you know, the things oh. are lining up. And, so she, she encouraged you. Yep. So she, you know, she encouraged me. She's always been my biggest fan, you know, since the day we met, you know, we actually met at a karaoke club on a oh, Tuesday wow. night out in Syracuse when, uh, it was actually one of my rare days off from DJing there. And I was okay. a, a drunken sobbing mess because I had just put my cat down and he was actually like in the trunk of my car. Oh my God. You know, and I just went to the bar to drink. I was so depressed, you know, and then I met her that night, and it's so it went yeah. from being like the absolute like worst night of my life, or the worst feeling day of my life, to like the best feeling day of my life. By the time I went to bed, you guys was, really hit it off the first yeah. time you met. Yeah, we we totally did. And then you know she started coming to hang out with me almost every day after that. So we've been inseparable awesome. um, since the day we met, and that was like October first, two thousand eight. So we're going on nine years of you know, being together and, uh, we will have been, mm-hmm. and August will be married seven years. 
Oh, congratulations. Got two beautiful oh. boys. Thank you. And it all started with karaoke night. It started with karaoke night. As a drunk, night. sobbing mess. Yeah, it was a drunk, sobbing mess. And she came up to me. She's like, you look like you could use a Jaeger bomb. And I was like, oh, I would love a Jaeger bomb. I was outside having a cigarette, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I probably wasn't crying at the moment, but I'm sure she saw me in the bar before I went out there to have a smoke. And she's smoking menthols, time. too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, menthols, Jaeger bombs. You're the one. <laughs> I think she actually... She actually, uh, she asked me to sing a song for her, and it was uh, Break... That Night? Yeah, That uh-huh. Night. Oh, what the hell was the song? Shine Down, Burning Bright was the song. Okay. And so I sang it for her, really cool song, and uh, she proposed to me right then and there. She got down on one knee, she's like, will you marry me? After I sang it for her, so it's pretty funny, because, you know, I'm yeah. getting married. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. It's a cute little story, though. Yeah, and I actually I wrote a, for our one year anniversary of being together. Mm-hmm. I, you know, behind her back, wrote a song about it called "The Day We Met," and just the whole song is about that night and how wow. low I felt and you know mm-hmm. how great I felt. So you know, pretty much was a synopsis of that night that we met. And it, do you guys still karaoke often? It's uh, it not as much as, as we easy. used to Couple after kids, having kids, yeah. you know, yeah. it's hard to get out, you know, we finally got to the point with our one son where he was old enough that, you know, had, we had multiple people that could watch him, you know, yeah. he could come over yeah. here, he could go there, he's, you know, pretty self-sufficient and a good boy. But then you hit the reset button when you have another kid and you got to get, you got to get probably like three, four, five, six months in before you really feel like you can trust anybody else with the baby because they're so fragile. And, you yeah, know, our new son, yeah. Weston, he's just, he's a total sweetheart, but he is very needy. He, every two hours, he needs to eat. We don't sleep at night most of the time. Yeah. It's rough, man. But he's going to be out of it soon. You know, usually three, four month mark, they're better and sleeping through the night. Can't wait. <laughs> But anyway, so because they have kids, we don't get to go out and do karaoke or see bands. Like, before the kids, like, you know, we used to rip it up pretty hard, my wife and I. Like, Mm -hmm. on my lunch break on Fridays, I would go to the liquor store and get a big, big ass bottle of Jaeger, run to Hess, get a bunch of Red Bull, a bunch of Blue Light, a bunch of packs of cigarettes and everything, (laughs) go back to the house, throw everything in the fridge and the freezer, and then 5 o'clock, you know, we left work, we get home by 5.15, and my wife and I are like, all right, Jaeger bomb time liquid dinner <laughs> we would just rage for hours and hours like probably 12 14 hour benders on friday nights wow just drinking and yeah, hanging yeah. out and but we used to go out like friday nights yeah. and saturday nights and see bands a lot of times and um you know once you have kids it's just like if i have a gig i can get out of the house and if mm-hmm. we're lucky we can find a sitter and she can come to my gig so we don't have too many date nights or get out too much anymore. But mm-hmm. So we, we set this up down here in the jam cave so I can set my PA up, hook it up to this little screen, plug in my laptop, and we do karaoke down here and invite our friends over. I like it down here a lot. It's chill, man. It's like fun. I'm so excited. Like I want to make I'll, it cozy, and there's still more stuff I want to do. But for right now, this is not too bad. Next karaoke night, give me a call. I will, man. I'd love to I come down. Will. That'd be fun, man. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. This came to my mind because I, I usually I usually it's a Monday night currently and I usually work Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday nights at Park Bench. Uh, my buddy Timothy Braley hosts just like a open mic. Oh really? Singer songwriter kind of thing Monday nights. I haven't heard that. And 
something from like six to ten, huh. and that's a good example. We, we maybe go later today, but that's that's something that you could go to, you know, early or late evening, mm-hmm. and not be out on a large crazy bender. So that's that's my suggestion. And for the listeners, yeah, park bench on Monroe Avenue. There's, I didn't know that they it's did a nice that quiet there. day to have music. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to make it up there today because we got yeah. someone coming in from out of town this afternoon, staying oh, wow. night and. Uh, we haven't seen seen her in a very long time, but uh, I don't know. It's tough to get out, man. If I don't have a gig, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to justify upstairs with yeah, uh, yeah, you know, bailing out on you know kids <laughs> and leaving her with it. So I try I to get imagine. out when I can, but like every every night there's an open jam and somebody wants me to come to it. You know, <laughs> the, we got the one that you know my guitarist Bo and and our friend Amanda, his girlfriend Amanda. Um, run on Thursday nights at Firehouse, the open jam. Oh, and then there's good. the one at the retreat on Wednesday nights, and then there's the one at the Dutch Mill that you know they've been trying to get me to go to since they started it on Tuesday nights. All right, it's so it's like, so what? What's the so Thursday night is the Firehouse? Yeah, the Five Alarm Open Five Jam. Five Alarm Jam. Oh, and Amanda have and a lot uh, of bands it. go to that too, like full yeah. bands. Yeah, so. we uh, we were the f- featured band. Uh, Oh, maybe back in October, October, November, something like that. You know, they every I don't know if it's every week or maybe twice a month. They when they do the open jam, they have a featured slot where they you know have a band and they get to play for like a half hour. Where sure, you know everybody else gets to play for like ten, fifteen minutes, or usually fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, it's uh the I I just <clears throat> just had him on the show. My buddies in Continental Drift, right. Um, the first couple times I ever saw him was a Thursday night there at the firehouse. And yeah. It's a great stage. It is a great so, stage. So it is an awesome spot for a band to play play a jam and kind of get themselves discovered. So mm-hmm. cool. And then Wednesday night. Wednesday night they do an open jam at the retreat here in Greece on Long Pond. Okay. And, um, is that the I one? Still... Is that Nick Coffrey? No, that's uh, Al Senzi runs that, and it's – a lot of that one is a lot of like cover band guys, you know. Okay. Like my old bassist goes to that, and you know he jams bass there, and he's in download now. Um, Ryan Ambers from Divided by Zero, I see he's there all the time. I see all this in Facebook pictures because I can't go. Sure, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. get to get out of the house. I'd, believe me, I'd hit up everyone if I could, but you know I gotta keep a good balance mm-hmm. of family life, and you know um, now that I'm doing this full time, you know the gigging, I have to do it. Now some money, you know. You got to treat it like a business, it, but I got to treat it like a business. I got to you know support my family with it and everything, and make sure that I've got that covered. So, going out to open jams and stuff are like really even harder to do now because it's like if I'm going to be gigging sure. this day and this day and this day, and then I'm gone just for fun this night. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> eh, I get married. That's how it goes. <laughs> I you're you're talking to. I'm 25 uh, and I'm a single male, so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Someday, at, someday maybe you'll know, but I'm, I'll yeah. be 38 in June, you know, so put getting up there near 40. Oh. Life changes a lot. Well, I would never, you look good. I would never guess Thanks. that. Thanks. Yeah, aside from the grays, I got, got that baby face I've had my whole life that people always say that. Mm-hmm. It's funny, one time I went to this roller skating rink when I was like in my 20s, and I actually grew up next door to this roller skating rink so i started roller skating when i was like three years old so like you know i was there from the time three until i think we moved when i was like seven or eight so for those like four or five years i used to go next door like every day and go roller skating and i was just really really good then i didn't go there for like you know 20 something years (laughs) 
And then I went back there one night just randomly because some friends were going there. And the lady at the ticket counter, she's like, you look like this little boy that used to come here, Billy Jack. And I was like, get out of here. What? Like, you spent like 20-something years. Like, how do you recognize me from... Like a child, you know? Same baby face. I guess, you know? Like, I think I look totally different than I did in high school, but, you know, my friend from high school told me the other day, she's like, she's like, you really don't. And I'm like, well, I didn't have this big hair. I had glasses. I didn't have any facial hair or anything. I think I looked pretty different, but I guess not. It still looks the same. Your yeah. own perception of yourself is always interesting, I guess. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I don't recognize the child version of myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, you know, it's funny because when I look at old pictures of myself when I was a boy now, you know, against my two boys and stuff, I can see the total similarities. Oh, yeah. At that age, it's huh. nuts. It's really nuts. It's a special thing, though, huh? It's cool, man. It's the coolest thing I've ever done is being a dad. I mean, I, I always knew I wanted kids and everything, but um, until... My, my first son was born, like, you know, everybody's telling you, like, oh, kids are the best, they're the best, oh, you're not going to believe, you know, what they do to you. And, like, until this moment that my first son was born, like, I remember when he came out and, like, all of a sudden he just he came out and there's, like, a little body, you know, he's got a little heart, <laughs> a little chest. And he's little a little head, human. And he's screaming. He's only halfway out and he's screaming, man. That kid's got freaking pipes. Yeah. But just, like, that moment... Like, just something that is dormant inside of you, just, like, it's hmm. a switch. It's, like, an involuntary thing. It's just a switch. And, like, you know, I get chills just even thinking about that moment or that feeling, you know. It's, like, and there's no going back after that, you know. So, uh, I mean, maybe, let me segue into this if that's cool. Um, yeah. Talking about the show from last Wednesday night at Buddha Pub. Sure, sure. And talking let's, let's with. Give, let's give a little background. Sure, here. yeah, yeah. So, um, Kung Fu Grip, Yep. you guys are a sublime tribute band, and so that show at Buddha Pub was on, is it Bradley Noel, or how Brad do you... Brad Knowles. Knowles? Yeah, Bradley Knowles. I always pronounce okay. his name wrong. Yeah. It, it was a 49. tribute for his, he would have been 49. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about that. I'll let you talk about the show. All right. Um, so, you know, it started uh, back late last year and uh you know Bo had just joined the band we we let our last guitarist go because it just wasn't working out and then you know Bo and I and Bo and Chaz had been friends for years but we never even considered like hey you want to be in the band mm -hmm. <laughs> and he used to be, play bass in uh 40 ounce to freedom uh sublime tribute band here in Rochester before well before Kung Fu Grip even existed but he played bass for them but, he, you know, he kind of took an interest, you know, to joining the band, and uh, I thought that was awesome. So we were we were coming up with, like, ideas for things that we wanted to do, and, you know, we were like, it'd be really awesome to do a show on Brad's birthday. And, you know, I've thought about it in previous years, but it's a Wednesday night, and all the dudes in the band always, you mm -hmm. know, they work corporate jobs and stuff, and they just were always humming and hawing about it. Yeah, like, uh, imagine. So, you know... Um, I was this year, of course, I'm like, I'm all for it because this is what I do now. So mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about getting up early the next morning for work. <laughs> I have to get a, worry about getting up early and, you know, the next morning for kids, but, <laughs> which is always early and no sleep. But um, anyway, so we wanted to do something for his birthday. And so we actually were going to make it happen this year. And we talked about it, you know, late last year. And we had talked about wanting to do some sort of like 
benefit, um, you know, to kind of support the, the war on drugs, you know, specifically the really hard stuff like the heroin that took Bradley down. But we didn't really, like, put enough thought and time into it. We kind of were on the fence about it from the get-go because it's like, okay, well, so if you're going to do this at a bar, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to do, like, an addiction awareness or substance abuse thing, it kind of is a double standard, you know, because alcoholism right. is just as bad as, you know, hard drug use. It won't kill – it may not kill you, like, immediately, or it may if, you know, you're stupid and you're driving drunk and you crash into something and mm-hmm. it kills you, you know, but, you know, it just it messes up families just as bad, um, if not worse, because it's, you know, it's a functioning thing for a lot of alcoholics and stuff. Um, you know, and then not to be, you know – hypocritical you know sublime is like a band that sings about drugs Mm -hmm. uh occasionally and you know they're have a heavy influence of pot in their music and their whole you know being absolutely do um their whole mantra so it was kind of like you know is it in bad taste to try and do that and do it in a bar and stuff and you know then we kind of just put it on the back burner and then we're like oh well it's too late now to plan it but then Bo talked with, uh, you know, Zach at Buddha Pub about the idea, and Zach was on mm-hmm. board for it. And, you know, we only, we only planned it, like, maybe a month ahead. Oh, and wow. then our good friend Sarah Passamonte, um, you know, she works uh, for Compere. So she knew these organizations, and Bo asked her, you know, can you round up some organizations that you think would be good to try and benefit from oh, this? Wow. And so that's kind of how it came to be. And, um, you know, so we, you know, we didn't, take any money for the show or anything like that not a penny we were doing it to try and help these people come in and you know support their cause you know sympathetic or empathetic to their cause and you know maybe just meet other people that people don't know where to turn with that stuff you know Mm -hmm. my uh my cousin died on his 40th birthday of a heroin overdose at the hotel cadillac years ago and you know, so oh, heroin's man. affected, you know, my family and, you know, although him and I were not really close, there was a pretty I good think, age gap. I, I mean, us. me and I think everyone listening now probably has at least one instance where... That's, that's where it's gotten to now. Yeah. You know, it's spread so much and you turn on the news and it's like every day you hear about another person ODing or just like crazy sure, stuff, sure. you know? My brother's girl uh OD'd on heroin a couple of days after Christmas, you know, and they had to take wow. four shots of Narcan to bring her back to life so she didn't bite it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like it's just outrageous, man. It's freaking everywhere. He doesn't live around here. He lives up north near uh, in St. Lawrence County, but um and then, you know, there's been a lot of like drug addiction issues within my family and my immediate family and stuff. So it it hits home for me. Yeah, And, you know, while I was excited about, you know, celebrating Brad's birthday and everything and the music that he gave to the world, and, you know, that was a big part mm-hmm. of what we were doing. We didn't want it to be a total downer, you know. Of but, course. But, uh, you know, it just, I really took to heart the part about trying to help people because, I mean, I don't, I'm not really involved in that type of stuff to be able to know where to go or what to do to help. And I don't have a lot of time. So if I can do something like this, you know, to at least do something, you know, in a good effort towards whatever, you know, fix to these types of problems, you know, can come out of it. And that's what I'd like to do. You know, and thank you for that. It, I always think that even if you just change the course of one person's life, it was all worth your while. And not trying to scare anyone, but just creating that awareness mm-hmm. um, is We're a, not gr- a great thing. Yeah. 
Um, so I was excited to do it. And, you know, it's funny because a couple weeks before the show, I saw a article online. I don't know if I was scrolling through Facebook or if it was on a news station sure. or something about this guy going back to the house where his son overdosed on heroin and died. And, you know, I read the article and I just I felt really terrible, you know, for the guy. And I thought that it was like extremely, I don't use the word brave that much, but I guess brave for lack of a more creative way to say it. Um, to do that, like it's, oh, I, I can't imagine the feeling that he had when he walked onto that property and his, you know, his heart probably just sunk mm-hmm. into his stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I, I thought about reaching out to that guy to tell him that we were going to be doing this show, this benefit, you know. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought I, I kind of let it stew for a couple of days because I was like, hey, you know, I'm sure I can find him pretty easily. You know, I know I got his full name. I'm sure, you know, look it up on Google or on Facebook and get a hold of him one way or another. Yeah. And uh, then I just was like, you know, given all the things that we just talked about, the, you know, it's going to be at a bar. I don't know how he would feel about that. I don't know if, you know, it's because it's so recent. You're so you're going to be touchy to everything that is like that, mm. you know, the drinking or even just the content of some of the Sublime songs, you know, the pot and, you know, mm-hmm. doing shrooms and acid and stuff Pawning like that. your guitar for drugs. Right. So... I, I thought that it would probably not be in good taste to, to reach out to him, so I didn't. Sure. And then, you know, I ended up hooking up with that Tranquility of Hope group on Facebook, and I started, you know, just a couple of days before the show chatting with some of the people in that group and trying to get all our ducks in a row for, you know, what they could get the most out of from the show and what they should plan on doing. And, you know, and then, the you know, that guy Rocco was on there, Talking about, uh, you know, selling T-shirts and stuff like that. And he had the fuck heroin T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm glad they were creative shirts. And it wasn't just I'm like, I'd fuck love to... heroin T-shirts. A couple yeah. of those shirts are really creative Yeah, they were really well creative, done. yeah. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I'd love to sport one at the show, you know. And he's like, absolutely, he's like, absolutely. tell me which one you want. And I'll, I'll make sure I give it to you when you get to the show. Awesome. So, you know, I get to the show and, you know, he gave it to me. I met him and talked with him. I talked with, you know, some other people. It just like, you know, it was a really, it was one of those like epiphany moments or just a life-changing moment where, you know, my whole world's not going to change, but mm-hmm. it just kind of gave me a whole another appreciation or resurfaced the, the real feelings I have on this type of thing. Wow. And, you know... After talking with him and talking with the uh, some of the other moms and stuff that lost their children to, to heroin, I didn't realize until near the end of the show when I was talking to him again that that was the guy that I didn't reach out to because I wasn't sure how he was going to feel about it. Interesting. He's the guy that was on the news a few weeks prior that I really was thinking about reaching mm-hmm. out to and decided not to. And it turns Serendipity. out him and I hit it off really well and he you know we really mutually liked each other a lot and i think we both had a lot of admiration for each other and i just you know over the weekend he's been you know yesterday he had this whole cleanup effort that he was putting together and it was on every news station and he was facebook live and i watched each mm-hmm. location he went to for a oh, while wow. um you know just gathering a whole bunch of people together to just do something to help the community so they were cleaning it up you know safely you know, he had it all planned up so that nobody's getting, you know, poked with a HIV-infested needle or something on the yeah. ground. But yeah. it's just, you know, it was uh, that show was always going to be really special to me now. And I hope wow. that next year, you know, now that we have our feet wet a little bit in it, that we can kind of really plan better 
you know, with these organizations and maybe get some others on board and some other bigger sponsors to really try and get some good donations in to, to fight this stuff. So hopefully there's going to be an annual thing. You know, next year will be Bradley's 50th birthday, and maybe we can do it even bigger. I hope much bigger and better yeah. than we did. You know, Buddha Pub was awesome, but I'm hoping that maybe, you know, we gains enough merit and uh, momentum to maybe do it at a, a much bigger place too. Hey, Grooveaholics. I wanted to take a short break to squeeze in some music for you here. This is Bill Johnson strumming Sublime's Eben. Out my window, cool and bright, made so slowly into night. Funny how things look the same, now that my friend Eben changed. Change. 
have it, you know, in my drive to, to do it, and I mm-hmm. think that the other guys would too. I mean, everybody in the band, they're, they're really good-hearted dudes. Yeah. Really good dudes. And um, it's hard, you know. I mean, I've been in a lot of bands where people butt heads or they, you know, just they're, they play well together maybe, and they don't really hang out outside of... But, I mean, we, we have a thread, and, like, we just bullshit all day, every day, <laughs> all okay. of us, you know. Just, like, on Facebook or? Yeah, we just on Facebook Messenger. We, you know, we have cool. a Kung Fu Grip uh, 3.1 thread, it's called. All right. Because uh, it's a 3.1 version of the band yes. from over the years. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Chaz and I are the only original members, actually, in the band from when we started. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we're all really good pals, you know. We hang out all the time. We do mm-hmm. things together, and, you know, it's... It's great to be in a band like that, and you know what we're doing now is we're we're in the beginning stages now of trying to grow the band in like a, a side direction, and, and uh, we're going to call ourselves Under the Covers with Kung Fu Grip, and hmm. we'll be playing. You know, it opens us up to play at a lot more places around town that maybe a Sublime Tribute band is not really um, appropriate for, but like you know, just a, a rock cover band would be. But, I mean, we're going to do really, really cool stuff, you know. I mean, like, we uh, one day at practice, we just started jamming under the bridge by the Chili Peppers. Like, oh, just yeah. totally randomly jamming it. And we Good all song. just happened to know it. And we didn't talk about it. And then we just we went through the entire song start to finish. Like, if it, we recorded it in one take, people would have been like, what? You guys never played that together before? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like, it sounded good. Just our chemistry is great, and we all learn songs really quickly and well, and we all you know, have the dedication to play them right, and and then kind of make them our own once we're comfortable with the you know the standard way we should be playing it. So you know, be doing like Chili Peppers and Primus, and you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of really cool stuff. Like, I'd I'm, like to see some Primus. Yeah, when I do when I do uh, cover bands, like I really. For me, like I, I just get so tired of hearing the same bands do the same shit at every place you go. Same doesn't cover matter bands. what bar you're seeing them at, or there's like always like at least a half dozen bands in Rochester that do the exact same, same songs, set. and it's always like the super super popular radio songs, like you know, Pour Some Sugar on Me or sure. Journey or just you know. I'm over it, man. Like, you know, maybe it's because I DJed karaoke for four years. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so many songs that are just, like, embedded Dope. in the bad part of my brain now. That Songs I used to love for many years, you know, and now it's just, like, a, between the karaoke thing and having them drilled into my brain and then bands playing them all the time. When I'm doing covers, I want to do different stuff, man. Yeah. Like, I want to do... Songs that are, you know, they were they were popular, you know, they were on the radio, but maybe I want to do a Stone Temple Pilot song like Big Bang Baby or something instead of like the typical ones that everybody does. Not or, just play top forty, play exactly. some of the deeper singles. And, yeah, I mean, like when we were in Octane, like you know, that was one of the things. Like I told the guys, like they they asked me to join the band. So Octane was the band before Kung Fu Grip that you yeah, were? Yeah, they were uh, the modern rock band that I played for a couple years with here in Rochester. And it was just really, you know, cool. heavier modern rock. And we throw a little classic rock and stuff. But, um, you know, that was like what I was showing you uh, before we started the interview there. And, you know, like they... I used to go see them when my wife and I would, you know, go out on our drunken vendors. And oh, cool. Go, I remember we went to Nola's and Octane was playing one night. And mm-hmm. we're like, all right, let's hang out here and check them out. And then, you know, my wife got really, really hammered. And um, I was pretty hammered, too. But 
behind without me knowing she like begged the band to let me come up and sing with them oh really and i'm just like dude i was freaking hammered i was really yeah yeah (laughs) so then they were like okay okay you know so she was like oh you know what let him you guys do bodies by drowning pool and uh and they're like yeah yeah she's like well let him sing that with you and they're like yeah all right i guess so did they they i I mean they had a lead singer yeah they had a lead singer you know, his name was JR, and, you know, that was the first time I met him or any of the other guys in the band. Mm-hmm. But I went up there, and I sang it with him, and I just, like, you know, I tore it up, and yeah. the guys were just like, whoa, man, awesome. Like, <laughs> well, they didn't expect that. Yeah, because, I mean, when you, you get some drunken idiot up on stage with you, and you're just, like, cringing. You're cringing, and you're like, this is just going to be such a train wreck, and I'm going to be so embarrassed, and I'll be sweaty, mm-hmm. and I can't wait until it's over to just be like, all right, thanks a lot, see you. Yeah. So I, I understand the position they were in, because I've been in that position a bunch before. Absolutely. And plus, you know, I'm getting up there. Like, I didn't even know until, like, right before the song was going to start. And she's like, get on stage. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you didn't do any vocal exercise no, or anything no. before that. No, no I, I, Just, I never do any of that. Yeah, I know. But so anyways, I, uh, you know, I went up there and I rocked it with him and stuff. And then you'd, we'd go out and see him every once in a while and, and started up becoming really good friends with the lead singer jr and awesome. his girlfriend bonnie like the four of us started to become really good friends and then he was going to leave the band and he was going to you know go join this band push and then they asked me to, to join the band like they really persistently asked me to join the band and i was mm-hmm. like you know like i'd love to but i just like i don't want to do Godsmack and you know crazy bitch like i just won't do those songs you know and I'm like, if you guys are willing to ditch, like, half the songs that you do and, like, learn a bunch of other cool songs, then I guess I'm down with it. And they oh. were, so huh. that was what we did. So, yeah. you know, we did, like, Our Lady Peace, Superman's Dead. Like, you don't want to hear bands doing that song, you know? And it's got, like, such a unique vocal uh, arrangement in it that, you know, probably because most people can't pull it off, but I can, I can nail it pretty good, you know? So mm-hmm. I get excited to do songs like that because I... I can do kind of crazy things with my voice. It's it started when I was a kid, and I just like would mimic cartoon characters. And okay, it's funny to think back on that and how it evolved to where I am now. Like when I was telling you that, like I try when I do covers, I try to mimic you know the style or even the the tone or the voice of the actual singer itself as much as I can because people love that. You know, if you can totally recreate the mm-hmm. song live and it actually sounds just like the song and just like the singer and Maintain, everything. Maintain like the genuinity of the original yeah. track. Yeah, I try to make things like really authentic, you know, mm-hmm. and fun. And so I, uh, you know, I I take a lot of pride in doing that. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. I, I ran off. <laughs> no, it's all right. Have you ever thought about doing professional vocal work? Like uh, for like cartoon people, or be a character in a cartoon. Um, different. If you have the ability to mimic sounds with your voice, which, uh, for example, you're you're doing the scratching parts mm-hmm. in a sublime yeah. song. Yeah, you're you're doing all these little intricate details. There's got to be a niche market for that. That I'd look into. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but it's probably not a bad idea. No. You know, I mean, that'd be cool to. I don't even know how where you'd even begin. Where you begin with that? Get into something like I that. I think you'd begin um, freelance online. Yeah. Um, That's definitely something that you know will probably stick in my head now to kind of. Yeah. It. I just. It, I. Know? I hadn't pre. I hadn't. I didn't come here to give you the suggestion. No, that's awesome. Oh, wow. That's cool, you man. know what? Probably be good at that. It, yeah, I'm glad you did. Good at um, authentically, you know, mimicking 
Oh, you could be like the man dog. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know, you don't have to be the man dog. <laughs> so I try to do the know. mimicking and I try to make it fun and authentic for people. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, some songs I like doing it and it's really cool and it's fun and it's always really challenging. And some songs it just sucks because it's just like, you know, trying to do like Guns N' Roses and sing like Axl Rose at that high pitch and the scratchy oh, voice, which yeah. I can do it. But, like, you know, I can't do it a lot or my voice just deteriorates throughout the night, you know. It'd probably be better if I didn't smoke so much, you know, but it's my vice. Smoking cigarettes and pot. Smoke a lot of pot, so. The pot is what really is rough on your throat and your voice yeah. and everything. A little hoarse. But it's cool mouth. because, you know, if I'm if I'm uh, really versatile, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll play this range of songs and everything that falls under that umbrella and it'll sound good and scratchy you know like some Everlast then you really might know what it's like something like that you know the, the scratchy right. yeah yeah it's the natural scratch that dirt that yeah the grit the grit mm-hmm. that's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about so yeah but it, it sucks sometimes and sometimes it's just like you know I, I would rather sing it in, you know, kind of my own voice or whatever, or just kind mm-hmm. of just go with the flow. Like, I like improving a lot and stuff, and that's what I love about doing the solo acoustic thing is, like, I just do whatever I want, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and I can play songs different every time I play them. I could try and play them. Like, I'll take songs that are not acoustic songs and then come up with an acoustic rendition Cool. that follows the song, you know? I'm not saying that I go, like, off in left field and do something totally weird and different with it. You know, maybe once in a while I do for fun, and if mm-hmm. I like it, I'll play it out, but... Um, generally, like, you know, I take, I took like a, uh, Megalomaniac by Incubus and I made that acoustic. That was one of the first, mm. you know, really hard rocking songs that I tried to come up with an acoustic cover on. And I thought it was pretty cool. I don't hear anybody doing it. No, I've never heard, I've never heard an acoustic version of that song. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it's, it's a pretty cool tune. Don't ask me to play it though, cause I haven't played it in a while. No. I could probably figure it out, but. It's been a while. Are you writing your own tunes too, or is it primarily I do. the covers? I do. I've got, you know, my original band is BT Nero, and that started out in Syracuse. Um, okay. With my uh, my really, one of my best buddies, Dave De Niro. Um, he's just a sick, sick guitar player. Um, so he used to come out. I used to host an open mic in Syracuse on Thursday nights um, at the cool. bar that I worked at. And um, he used to come out and, you know, he would play song, some of his originals, acoustic, and, like, just the tone and the style was, like, really similar to, you know, the feeling I have in the music that I write. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, he used to be like, oh, we got to jam some time. We got to jam some time. We got to jam some He'd come out, like, week after week and just, like, harass the shit out of me about it. And, uh, you know, it's not that I didn't want to. It's just I was busy. I was DJing, like, four nights a week and... So then I, uh, you know, finally I got together with him, and I was just like, the first time we got together, we were just jamming, and, like, we meshed so well, and it's Hmm. just so hard to find, like, on an original level, to just, like, be able to just sit down and start playing with somebody and play off of each other. Like, it's just, it's hard, man. Sometimes it just doesn't happen, you know? Sure. People don't have chemistry to play together. I've had plenty of bands I've been in where it's like that, and it's frustrating and, and really just awkward and agitating, but... Him and I hit it off from from the first time we jammed, and the first day that we jammed, there was a battle of the bands that was coming up in two weeks at the Westcott Theater out in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful venue. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really really nice. I've seen a lot of fun shows there. But anyway, so like, he was like, "We should join that battle of the bands," and I was like, 
in two weeks? He's like, yeah. He's like, learn each other's songs. I'm like, all right. And this, meanwhile, it's just me and him. You know, he plays electric guitar. Okay. And I play acoustic. So it kind of made it work, you know, you, without a bass or without drums. You know, you got the depth of the acoustic and, and, you know, keeping the rhythm going and everything. So it actually sounded pretty cool. And we decided, you know, he learned my songs. I learned his songs. Maybe we'd write a song together before it, which we did. And then uh, it was... We didn't win it. <laughs> no. But we had to come up with a name. We, uh, you know, my nickname for when I DJed out there was BTR, and, you know, his name was Dave De Niro. So we're like, oh, how about for now? It's a working name. We'll call it BT Nero. BT Nero. And it kind of just, like, as we, you know, played some shows after that, you know, it kind of just stuck, and then everybody started saying it. And I'm like, you know, I like the sound of it, BT Nero. Yeah, it's different. Like totally different. It's like B. It's uniquely you guys. Yeah, it's like B dot T hyphen N E R O. And actually, it was like going to be an IRO when it was just the two of us, and okay. an ERO when it was a full band. Huh. So then we recruited a drummer, and then things were all right for a little bit, and then he kind of flaked out. And then we met Chaz, who's our bassist in Kung Fu Grip. Got it. So then BT Nero became me, Dave, and Chaz. So if we still didn't have drums, we never could really lock down a drummer for the project. And hmm. Dave, you know, moved back to Syracuse, and so we've been on hiatus forever. But we played some shows together as a three-piece, and it was they all were really good. And you know, so we're still around. You know, as now we just need drums. And now Eric, our drummer for Kung Fu Grip, is interested in drumming with us. So now we actually may be able to be cool. pull off the original band. And you know, in the time that we've been on hiatus, I've probably got like you know. Eight ten songs that I've kind of like started over the years and kind of been you know just kind of mulling over and it's weird like my songwriting process sometimes I can sit down I can write a song like that and sometimes it just takes years and then just one day it'll just pop into my head and I'll be like that's it that's it and then I'll then I'll write the rest of the song so I'm excited to write new songs I'm really excited to write new songs it's been a while and. I just started writing one uh, recently, but I've only really started on the chorus and everything, and I'm trying to put together the, the arrangement on the guitar for it because it's not quite where I want it, but I'm pretty excited I think it's pretty catchy, so stay tuned for that, and you'll hear it soon enough, I'm sure. Sounds good. Uh, you know, I love that story because it's the power of necessity. You guys had a two-week deadline. Right. And... Not only did you learn each other's songs, you actually write a new song for it. Um, if you decided just to, you know, jam or play together casually, maybe it wouldn't, a lot might not have came from it. You never know. But since you had that battle of the bands to deadline you, yeah, um, that's awesome. Is there any any other instances that you had to pull stuff together on, a, on short notice? Uh... I'm sure you do it all the time in the corporate world too, though. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my job is always a good skill out to have. fires all day, every day, and yeah, you know. So you're um, a firefighter? No, putting out fires. In I emergencies, <laughs> man, emergencies because people didn't do what they were supposed to do, and yeah, now it's, yeah. everything is the biggest deal in the world, and I've got to figure out how to fix the problem and. They just keep rolling in before I'm even through finishing one problem. The next one's already started. The other one's rolling in. Yeah, it's nuts. It's just not poorly. It's not. It's poorly run. It's not managed right at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I've spoken up, you know, over the time I'd been there, you know, which is, you know, a little over a year, and just, like, bringing up things that 
easy things to fix, you know, if somebody took a look at it. Sure. Right, maybe a half hour retraining people on Diagnose how things are supposed the problem, to be done, reel really... them back in. And it's just like, it's like that with every facet of the entire place I worked at. And it's Interesting. Like, it's like, what? start fixing something. You know, I know that there's much bigger problems, but if you fix the little problems and you'll get to the bigger problem and it, it'll be easier to fix because you've already fixed all the it things will, that make it a big problem. The micro is what creates the macro. Right. If you need, you need to start chipping away the things you can fix. And some people to, managing stuff is just like they just, they're overwhelmed or maybe they just don't know where to start. So they just procrastinate, procrastinate, things mm. get worse and worse and worse. And I think that was kind of, you know, generally what it was. But as far as shows, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty typical for a musician to have to pull something together pretty yeah. quick. A lot of times, you know, <laughs> an opportunity arises mm-hmm. and, you know, it's pretty, pretty normal. Yeah. I do it a lot. You, you like being your own boss then? And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like I was telling you, I think I, you know, I, when I left my job, I thought I was going to be spending at least six, eight hours a day on this, you know, like trying to, you know, really just treat this like this is mm-hmm. my job, at least 40 hours a week. Um, but, you know, complications of a newborn baby and not sleeping and, you know, my wife Absolutely. and I trying to find a good balance to get through the day. Um, it's just, and my other son, you know, it's just a lot of work, you know. So it's like I've, I'm lucky if I get to put three, four hours a day into it now. But I'm hoping that, you know, over the next couple of weeks things will start to pan out and, mm-hmm. you know, the baby will start sleeping better. And But I get up early as shit in the morning. Like I get up usually like 4.30, 5, 5.30 in the morning um, so I can take care of the baby when he's about to wake up between 5.30 and 6. Gotcha. Try and, try and feed him get him back to sleep so I can come down here to the jam cave and sit down at the desk and start going through my spreadsheets and what my contacts are going to be for the day, okay. what songs I need to work on, you know, what shows I got coming up, all the planning, what I have to do for marketing or advertising for each entity. I got a website that I still have not put much effort into designing yet that I just haven't had time to. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm really busy, so I come downstairs, you know, I'm lucky if by like 6, 6.30 I'm able to come down here and start working, um, you know, like I'll throw on Wheeze or something and listen uh, yeah, while, yeah. I'm, while I'm working, drink a bunch of coffee, and then usually by like 7, 7.15, my three-year-old wakes up, and then I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, Pause this, and I gotta go upstairs, make sure that he's, you know, goes yeah. use the bathroom, make him, him some and breakfast and everything, and then I bring him down here. I set him up with the TV so that he can eat breakfast and hang out and do that and stay quiet so mama and baby can still sleep while I'm working over there for a while. And so I'll try and do that for like an hour or two if I can get away with it, and then get some work done, and then I gotta get him to daycare and get everybody up and moving. It's a crazy day, man. Like the day we had that Buddha Pug gig, I was up at four thirty that morning. I was gonna say I didn't nap or anything. I just I am busy all day, every day, from pretty much the time I wake up till yeah. when I finally plant on the couch at the end of the day. I'm lucky if I don't just pass out. <laughs> so I just I start early. I don't get enough sleep, and you know I I can function on you know three four hours of sleep, but after a while it catches up with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, but then yeah. do going and you know, starting at four thirty in the morning and then going and doing that show, you know, like you saw mm-hmm. like how I don't stand still, you know, I'm just constantly running around oh, jumping it's... or doing whatever. You're an, you're an entertainer. Yeah. So like I just I don't even know how I do it. Like I said, you know, usually it's Jaeger bombs and stuff like that. But that show I chose mm-hmm. to not really drink much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mainly because of the cause and everything. I didn't want to just be a shit show. Yeah. On 
stage. Not sure. saying that I, you know, anybody would really even notice because I've there's been so many shows where I've just been so fucking drunk mm-hmm. and nobody really even notices because I'm just like so hopped up on Jaeger bombs and I have like this autopilot sometimes. I'm just like, I just go. Nobody, they're always like, I didn't notice. Like really? Well, that's good. <laughs> Pulled it, it awesome. Off. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Glad you, to hear it. You wanted to be matured and presentable for. Well, given, yeah, that and you know, be responsible driving home. So I didn't even, I didn't yeah. even get through three beers. I got three beers. I bought two, and then um, somebody bought me one, but I didn't even finish the third beer. All night I was there. So I was. Uh, that was actually like. <laughs> That was just natural adrenaline after a really long day. I was still able to... Actually, I did hit, I drink a big Red Bull before we got there. That's right. I'm mm. lying. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a big Red a Bull. A little kickstart. It was like 16 or 20 ounces. Pretty big. <laughs> I don't I don't drink energy drinks. Oh, man. Um, you, you, you don't want to see me afterwards. I'm <laughs> tweaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see how it does that to people. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the ultimate kickstart, though. <laughs> you need to get something done. Yeah. Well, tell me what those Jaeger bombs, though, man. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. Make you feel like you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you pull through. You pull through pretty good. Yeah. I've yeah. gone from being just, like, just so dead tired to do two, three Jaeger bombs, and then I'm just like, I was tired? <laughs> I forgot. I when, realize it. Do you think that... Obviously, you know, you really love playing music. You can be on next to no sleep, and just that experience kind of drives you. Yeah, generally. Um, Generally, it's... uh, Might be exhausted before the show, and then once it's over, it's like, oh my gosh. But when you're in that moment, I get that just like dancing or going to a concert. Yeah. I might be exhausted, but if I get out the door and I get in front of the stage, yeah, you get blood pumping. Man. Yeah, you get, you get blood pumping, and it pushes you. We're capable of so much. Mm-hmm. We're capable of so much more than we sometimes even give us credit for music. I yeah, I I'd rather go see a show than give music up mm-hmm. as a fan and. Yeah. Sounds like with your schedule, you've, you've got to find that balance. You know, you, you can't let go of your kids. Obviously, um, no. Like, it'll, you know, it's what makes it hard right now is just that you know I'm in the beginning stages of getting all these gigs booked. You know, mm-hmm. like I my goal is to be playing three to five shows a week. You're still planting a lot of seeds, solo acoustic, whatever. Yeah. Um, or even throwing in like the DJing thing here and there, whatever. If there's a good opportunity, and I feel like you know it's not going to infringe on the band stuff but um my wife will be going back to work you know next week uh she's on maternity leave she's been on maternity leave since she had the baby like 10 weeks ago so mm-hmm. she's going to be going back to work and uh you know our one son's going to remain in daycare and then the baby's going to stay with me for the time being because you know until we can until i sure. can start getting these people aren't booking stuff next week they're booking out months so i'm you know i need to fill my calendar but it's not going to happen quick enough for me to put our other son in daycare you know which is what the plan is going to be you know hopefully within the next month i'll be more at that point where at least i'm making sure that i have the additional daycare coverage you know down you know it's expensive man it's expensive as shit to send your kids to daycare Mm -hmm. but you know our our son has a great daycare she's 
he's been there since he was six weeks old. It's an in-home awesome. daycare, so it's, like, really intimate. And, you know, the, the lady that runs it is just awesome. She's been great to our family since we met her. Um, and then, you know, our, our what, what daycare? Huh? What daycare is it? Oh, I don't even know what she calls it. It's, a, it's just in her house. She's it's an in-home, so it's not... Yeah, it's an in-home. It's not like yeah. a big flashy, big neon sign yeah. out front or anything. Okay. But, um, you know, so we're going to start bringing him there, and both boys will be at the same place. And, um, you know, she did such a great job with our first son, Billy, that, you know, I know she'll, she's really excited about Weston. Awesome. But, you know, so then once that gets to that point, it's going to be a lot easier for me because then I don't have to worry about, you know, the kids so much. We'll get them yeah. off the daycare by, like, yeah. you know, 8, 9 in the morning, and then I've got all day to... Do what I need to do, you know, do my running around, do face-to-face stuff, all my, you know, mm-hmm. leg work from the computer and, and whatnot. So I'm getting there. It's just, you know, I'm impatient. <laughs> it's just a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. A well, a lot of, there's always those stories of someone getting famous overnight. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, there was a lot of work. Oh, it was probably that, years, if not decades. Yeah, of just like exactly. Disappointment and just feeling like you're not getting where you feel you should be. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's, but at the same time, like, I have never really applied myself to it like this, you know. And sure. I, I have the utmost confidence in every facet of what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I've... I've always gotten really great feedback on everything that I've done under that umbrella. And awesome. I'm, I know it'll do great. It's just the startup of everything. It's like you're starting up a business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's basically what it is. And, and you you don't open your door and all of a sudden you're, you know, fluently making money and stuff. Oh, you're going to make mistakes and it's well, going to take time and effort. You, know, you got good connections. You know the right people. You got a good network. You got people that, you know, put in a good word for you if they believe in what you're doing and stuff. And mm-hmm. word of mouth is huge, you know? So... I hope that that's kind of how this takes off. You know, I hope as I'm out there playing these shows, people are like, oh, yeah, that, that guy's pretty fun. You know? He seems all right. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, seems like he's all right. Seems like a nice enough uh, Thanks for doing the podcast with me. Uh, obviously, with your schedule, I Yeah, no, no problem. You. It worked out good for today. Yeah. It worked out good for today, man. I'm, I'm really glad Same you here. asked me to do it. It's cool. Like, I, uh, I, I hope to get to do it again sometime. Yeah, it's I. I'm having fun talking to you. <laughs> awesome, thanks, you man. I'm enjoying the, the conversation. It's let's really let's start a podcast. The, yeah. The well, what, no, we don't have to start a podcast. <laughs> we'll start another Bill and Ben show. Maybe Bill, more creative than that. But it's ben. just a working title, just like BT Nero was. <laughs> a working name. Bill <laughs> and ben. The name. If we have a guest, we'll add a letter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, perfect. Take a little time.
As I say every show, please everyone check out the show notes because that's where I'll post information on how to get in touch with Bill and check his projects out. Is there anywhere specific that we should direct the listeners to to find you? Generally, just uh, two Facebook uh, pages or really what I spend most of my time keeping up on. Um, like I said, I'm going to design, I'm in the process of designing it's a website that's going to encompass everything, you know, the the acoustic, the bands, there's going to be sections for each thing, and DJing, you know, special parties, events, weddings, whatever, you know, karaoke, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but that's not ready yet. So generally I'm just directing everybody to Facebook. Um, you can go to uh, facebook.com slash kung fu grip band. That's uh, K U N G F U G R I P B A N D. Um, and then also, if you you know go and search for Bill Johnson Acoustic, you'll find my acoustic page as well. You could probably somehow link it from the other page too if you're scrolling through the kung fu grip page. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some sort of links I've shared in there as well. I try and Use both of them and cross paths yeah. when it is appropriate or makes sense, you know. Collaborate. Yeah. So, yeah, I, the more likes I can uh, get, the better, you know, shares. People dig what I'm doing, you know, spread the word because that's really what I'm banking on is, you know, people just helping my uh, recognition, you know. Like I said, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's certain in certain facets I'm very well known and I, I think pretty well respected from what I understand from everybody, but some – facets like the solo acoustic stuff and a lot of people don't even <laughs> know who i am so sucks but hopefully that turns around pretty quick yeah get you get you're getting your foot in the door planting seeds yeah yeah that's what i gotta do everybody's gotta start somewhere at least i have you know a good uh at least i have a a good foundation for all this you know at this absolutely point, like, musical career well, thanks again for coming yeah thanks on the for show. having me ben i appreciate <laughs> it Thank yeah. you very much. This has been a lot of anytime, fun. Anytime, anytime. Uh, been we'll, a lot of fun. 
we'll have a karaoke night or something. Definitely, man. I, I will definitely let you know when we do it because it's uh, the more the merrier. It's more fun, you know. It's usually just Absolutely. like four or five or maybe six of us. But you know, I got this bar here. I got to get my little mini fridge to put underneath there so I can keep the beers cold. But got the shelves for the glasses and the bottles of liquor. So karaoke cave. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm planning on trying to have you know some kind of really cool multi band musician party here you know where everyone can just kind of freely jam and hang out here and so hopefully uh you know baby's gotta get a little bit older and mm-hmm. be able to go to a sitter for the night but sure maybe, maybe by the end of summer or something like that i'll try and throw some sort of bash i'll invite you cool <laughs> whatever i can do to help you out yeah man cool i appreciate it thanks for having me uh, do this interview yeah thanks again